inspiration throughout your day on the light. There's only one thing better than owning your own company. Owning a company with good business practices. Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast where we talk business, community, and family. Get real game and shiny gems from accomplished entrepreneurs and business owners as we give you an inside look into the business community. We're on a mission to inspire young entrepreneurs and to educate small business owners on finances, taxes, deductions, accounting programs, and more. Ready for your business to be good? Here's Chantel. Right? So before we get started, I want to talk about our sponsor. Our sponsor is Country Mortgage. Country Mortgage is amazing. If you're looking for um, a lender who has flexible um, programs with low scores, low money down, in-house underwriting, definitely speak with someone at Cross Country Mortgage. If you go to our social media page, um, Instagram, that's the firm ALP, or if you go to Facebook at the firm ALP, you can find their information there. Now, let's get started. I want to welcome my guest, Mr. Rick. Mr. Rick, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, how are you doing? I'm so excited to have you because we met a while ago and we've been talking about this for a minute and now we're finally doing this. What do you think? I think it's just a beautiful day. In the day, yes. <laughs> I wish you could come back to town next week. We're going to have another Bites and Brew event. And I mean, I have never seen someone work the room like you work the room. Oh, my God. You are phenomenal. We had so much fun. You know, it's, it's easy to mix and mingle among like-minded folks. The energy level is just sky high. And uh, nobody exuding more positive vibes than you, my sister. You're a queen among women. Oh, I thank you so much. So before we get started into this interview, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and, and actually how the follow how the listeners can follow you? Okay, well my name is Rick the Wealth Coach and uh, I'm findable on uh, Instagram. Very easy to find because I'm live every morning, typically at nine AM Eastern, ten AM Eastern at the latest, depending on what's going on during the course of the day. And I teach Bible principles. I teach wealth principles from the Bible. I help people that uh, have small networks to have to become large. And I help people who have large networks to um, have generational seven, eight, nine, ten generational type of um, streams of income coming in. So that's what I do for a living. I'm the father of seven beautiful children, and uh, I love the Lord. That's pretty much my my story. Uh, and uh, I just love to help people. Anything that's got to do with uh, making sure that somebody that's in some type of trouble or battled out or something's going on. You know, I come from the mean, rough streets of Chicago, the south side of Chicago, and I've seen it all. I've been tired of them all, and I have some duct tape. I've seen people uh, in plenty of trouble, you know, been in plenty of trouble myself, and the Lord just changed me and saved me and gave me a different attitude about life. So I just, uh, every day I feel like I'm on borrowed time, and uh, if anybody's, anybody needs anything, I'm pretty much, um, you pretty much don't have to tell me to, you don't have to give me like too many reasons why. Uh, let's just go, let's just make it happen, you know. So, and that's why I love you because when I first met you, you were uh, not just talking about your pleasure of businesses because you're quite a capable businesswoman. And um, but you started talking about feeding people that were hungry, and that really got my attention. So, I was endeared to you as a business person, I was even more endeared to you 
as a philanthropist and as a wonderful woman who cares about other people's lives. So to that end, uh, for that cause, I'll be here to get this afternoon and what a pleasure it is for me. Oh man, thank you so much. Let me tell you, I started feeding um, the homeless uh, probably about, oh, I want to say about 10 years ago. And um, I know that there's people who have done it far longer than me and they have done it on a whole nother level. Um, but I thought it was really important um, to give back to people because everybody who's homeless is not homeless because they want to be homeless. Um, some people are homeless because they really have mental problems and their families don't know how to really deal with them or help them or take care of them. All right, so welcome back, welcome back. Okay, so um, the next question I have for you is, how did you become the wealth coach? Like what happened in your life that shifted you to become the wealth coach? That's a good question, Chantel. I first started doing a financial planning in my early 20s. I worked for a company called Waddell and Reed. And Waddell and Reed, I got a Series 6 license, and I started teaching people about financial planning. In fact, I went to the schools and taught a lot of uh, schools. I actually volunteered my time. I went in and had a class called The Art of Becoming Affluent. I've always had this um, just this innate like desire to make sure that when I learn something, that I teach it to other people. So in 2015, I was um, just like it landed me where I didn't have any money. Basically, I was working on a regular job, and um, and the people fired me from the job because they said somebody else stole something. And I'm like, what they got to do with me? There was a little warehouse job. It was, it was dark. Like, after it was dark when I was leaving. And I was willing to work all kind of extra hours and everything. <laughs> but um, what I, what people don't understand about life, Chantel, is that when it's time for you to take on like a really big leap in your life, it always comes with disruption. Disruption is always with, like, if you just read the Bible or read any history of anybody's lives, disruption is always a marvelous thing. It's always an amazing thing. Looking back in retrospect, it doesn't seem like it what has happened. But it's always an amazing thing because it always catapults you to metaphoric heights, heights way bigger than what you what you were doing uh, before, the, before it took place. In fact, uh, the fact that they fired me was, wasn't really the devil, it was really God. The reason I say that is because if you go back and look at the history of the word fire, it comes from when the Americans, when the, when the English settlers first got to America, they had slaves. The slaves weren't black, they were white slaves. They were indigenous servants. They weren't treated the way the black folks were treated when we were brought into slavery. They were treated like regular people, like human beings, but they were still servants and they couldn't leave for seven years. At the end of the seven years, they would take the papers and set them free. And they would go out and have a bonfire, and they would burn the papers up, and they would fire themselves from being slaves. So quite often, what happens to us in life, and we look at we look at situations like it was the devil, or we look at situations like wow, what a mishap. It really is just the grace and the divine providence of God, because it's like look, He wasn't gonna quit, He wasn't gonna change the situation. So what I, I allow some disruption to come into your life to move you from out of this into a higher height. So when I when I did a real estate deal, and I made more money off the real estate deal. And all the money were going to pay me for the whole year. And then I went out and I bought the church, and then I went out and I bought some uh, apartment buildings, and then I went out and I bought this and I bought that, and I started making a lot of money, a whole lot of money. And then um, I said, wow, you know, God is really good, and uh, let me train some people, let me teach some people, because I can't do anything without teaching people and training people, because it's just my nature. I can't leave people behind and just learn something and not share it with the next person, because that's what I, to me, that's what I get out the bed for. If I know something, then I have to make sure the next person is aware of it, even if I was doing it for free. Wow. And naturally, when it comes down to what we do, people are going to have to pay for it. 
too. Uh, so that led me over to learn about trust and trust law because I was like, man, all this money I'm making, all these taxes I'm paying, I don't want to pay. I mean, there's got to be a better way. How, how do rich people really live in hiding? You know, when I looked at Donald Trump and I saw that he only paid seven hundred fifty dollars worth of taxes in 2016, I said there's got to be a better way. So in 2019, I I went on a on a, on a hunt to find out, you know, how's this money really kept maintained, this generational money made? So I went and met my friend Tim Brown from the Oakland Raiders, the Hall of Fame wide receiver. I met him at the U.S. Open and, uh, and at the University of Notre Dame, where he also went to, to college. And we sat out and talked to Tim, told me, said, man, this is how we operate, this time one percentile operate with us. That's awesome. I hired this staff. And um, they started doing these trust money. And then I started teaching all my real estate students and all my clients around the world who I was teaching about money. I started teaching them how to actually keep the money. And so now that's what I do. And so I do a challenge once a month to teach everybody how to be able to keep the money that you make and be able to uh, get tax credits the way that the Trumps get it, the way that the DuPont get it, the way that the Kansas get it, the way that the House of Representatives, the way that Congress get it, the way that the uh, cabinet members get it. Now, I understand how they operate. That's the way I operate, and that's what I teach people. And it doesn't really matter if you got a whole lot of money you're just starting out, or if you're doing really well. It doesn't matter where you land in that latest scope. Then, uh, then you know, I'm able to teach the person. So it started really, really that journey really started back in 2015, and uh, Lord just blessed me to be able to have an international plethora of companies now as we speak. If that answers your question, dear. Wow. Like, I hope you guys had your pen, your paper, you was jotting down a note, you text somebody what you just heard, because he just said how to get generational wealth, right? And that he started in a warehouse from sunup to sundown, and now he owns the buildings and churches and multiple businesses, and he's the wealth coach. That's deep right there. That's real deep. Let me say this. I absolutely love how you have God a part of your your daily life. Like you literally start your post off every morning singing about God. Where does that come from? Yeah, it's just uh, grace and mercy. I mean, to me, life, you know, the Bible said that the, the, the letter, it killed, but the spirit gave it life. So to me, just to have some money or just to have some prestige or just to be important to people, to me, it's like really true if, if you're not really important to God because it's only one person we'd be standing in front of on judgment day, and that's God. And uh, he's only going to be interested in one thing, you know, did you really love people? You know, what was your, like, your motives behind what you were doing? Because you can have this, you can have this. And he said, many are saying to me in that day, Lord, did I do this, did I do that, and he's going to say, the power for me working in iniquity, because your heart wasn't right, you wasn't doing, you wasn't doing it for the right reasons, you know. And you didn't really love people genuinely. And in order to love people, you got to love God, because you don't really even know what love is. Because the Bible said, love, Walk not itself is not puffed up, behaved not itself by sin, we seek it not as long. Love is kind and itself is long. Love is patient and don't keep no score. And so love is different. It's not good enough to have money. You gotta be rich in love. And if you're not rich in love and rich in mercy, then you're bankrupt. You know, and I and I don't care for people just because they got money. I know plenty of people with plenty of money, billionaires and all of that, but I'm not impressed. The only thing I'm impressed with when it comes down to with me intermingling with another human being is do you love me? Mm-hmm. If you don't love me, why in the world should we be co-mingling with each other, having conversations with each other, and going back? Well, how can I, I can do business with people that love me? So why should I be doing business with people? I got a choice. Right. Why the whole world? Why would I shrink down and do business with people just because you got some money? That ain't good enough. So that's why I wake up in the morning to try to spread some love, my sister, because I'm so grateful that God loved me, and, I, and it's a privilege to love you. Wow. 
He said you have a choice to do business with people that you love or people that you don't even really want to be around or tolerate. So why would you do business with people you don't want to tolerate when you can choose to do business with people you love? You know how many people didn't catch that? <laughs> well, you know, it's probably shouldn't tell them that people, uh, Jesus Christ said that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who's looking for some treasure and he found out the treasure was on the field. He said, so he didn't want to take my chances. So he went out and he bought the whole field to make sure he get the treasure to guarantee himself yes. that he would get the treasure. And what people don't understand about money, about life, and about having things and all of that is that people chase the treasure instead of chasing a field. And what we ought to do is chase the whole field because then you can't help but get the treasure. The treasure just comes in by osmosis. It's just part of the package. So the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all its righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. So our attitude ought to be to um, take care of people, to look after people, and use money, not use people and worship for money. But people got it backwards, so you seek a thing. And that's why money eludes people so much. Because the very thing that they seek, the very thing that they covet, it'll lose them. Because uh, people and and money's just like people. If you run towards the person, they'll run away from it. Because our instincts is to protect ourselves. So people follow things that move away from them, and they run away from things that they are repelled by things that come at them. Because we have survival instincts. Money is comparable. If you chase money, it runs away from you. But if you let it know that you're not the most important thing in my life. God is in the money of Father God, and He won't have a choice but to, but to come after you because when you follow God, you're like a magnet, and the money comes to you. You don't have to chase it. The money just starts to flow because you're doing it from the right places, from your heart. Wow. So I want to talk about your book, Control Everything and Own Nothing. Now let me tell you, um, you gifted me with this book, and I read this book in one day. Okay, and then I gave it to my son. And then I gave it to my daughter. And now one of my employees has it. Can you talk about your book, Control Everything and Own Nothing? That sounds like a real boss move to me. I'm just saying. Yeah, it is. A, it's a double boss move. <laughs> 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 so it comes from, uh, it comes from the bosses of bosses. That's uh, John D. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller said, uh, control everything, don't own anything. Because John D. Rockefeller, and the uh, Standard Oil is a trust, um, among other trusts. And John D. Rockefeller was talking about that because he was talking about when you own things, you own all of the liability that comes along with it. And let's face it, Chantel, we've been told all of our lives by poor people to make sure that you own as much as you can. Hey, own your house, own this, own that, own this, own this, own that. And that's always been like what we've been taught uh, through school and through observation by the people that we've been around. None of them rich right away. None of them multi-billionaires. None of them with generational money. But they told us what they thought made the most sense. And they meant well. But just because a person doesn't mean you harm, they mean they're not doing you harm. Right. Because the Bible says, blessed is a man and walk down the council of an ungodly. And it's ungodly advice when somebody tell you to own things. Because God can tell you that. God said to control things. He said to have dominion over things. So I even have dominion over something. And if the fact that the way that you got it, the paperwork that you signed, says that you own it, but you can't have dominion over it if you own it because you own the liability comes along with it. But to have dominion over it, if you have a decided trust, and the trust owns it, and now you have dominion, which is dominion control. Mm-hmm. So the book could have been have dominion over everything on all of it. But it's going to the same thing. So controlling things means that you don't have any 
liability whatsoever. A person can tell you, trying to tell them, like, you got all these companies, got all these businesses, you find, you got a good attitude, you know, you got it going on for the break of down, I ain't do it here, you really good, you get out without a frown, I don't like you, grandma, I'll sue you. And you say, well, good luck with that, because I don't own that. Wow. I don't care nothing about your attitude, how much you don't like me, kick rocks at your socks because you just want to have a bad attitude, but it ain't going to help you now because I'm untouchable, because all of, all of my assets are controlled, uh, all of my sizable assets are controlled. By my trust, I have a very simple life, and uh, even though you don't like me, and it really doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, I still love you, and I uh, and I and I ain't got to worry about you on top of all of that because my stuff is um is um protected, and that's what it means when it says control everything, but don't but don't not to own everything. Wow. So where did you come up with the concept for the title for the book? Yeah, actually, that's a quote directly from John D. Rockefeller. I, I studied a lot. I studied a lot of the very rich, of the generation of the rich, um, a couple of books that I recommend. Uh, the number one book I recommend you all read outside of my book is um, The House of Morgan. And it's the story of John Pierpont Morgan. It's one of my, it's a very long read, very long read, but they said if you want to hire something from a black man, put in a book. I said, you got the wrong cat here because I'm a runaway slave. I don't play that. So <laughs> I read that. I read that. <laughs> Rick say no, no, you can't hide that book. You can't hide it from me. I'm gonna read all of it, all pages. Oh, everything, and, and gladly too. You know, because reading is like reading, especially reading things, autobiographies, and, um, about people's lives, which are most, to me the most powerful books outside of the Bible are people's stories because they tell the whole story about all the struggles and everything they went through. Because Mike Tyson said, "This basically said everybody got game plan until you hit Sometimes people hear things, and I mean, for the listeners, they might hear some hear you say that and not quite know what it means. So I wanted to make sure you clarified so that they could hear. And you also just dropped another book for us to read. What was the yes, name of that uh, book one more time? The House of Morgan, the story of John Pierpont Morgan, J.P. Morgan. The yes. story. Morgan and Morgan, also known as Chase. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, the, the latest version. Yes. Yes, it is. Morgan, located at 23 Wall in New York, basically um, the home of the stock exchange. They don't want to. They were a private bank operating like a commercial bank in 1935. Even had a choice uh, because the new law came out and said you got to make up your mind whether you're going to be a commercial bank or whether you're going to be a private bank. And so they went ahead on and became a commercial bank, and that's the evolution of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase as we know it today. Right. If you don't know about them, they they uh, they have a lot going on. And what I will say that I love about Chase, 
um, right now. And because I bank with them and I've done a lot of business with them as a business owner. Uh, during COVID, they actually started a program called Chase Black. And that's Chase, B-L-A-C-K. And that's to help um, African-American entrepreneurs gain access to funding as well as contracts, government contracts and Chase contracts. And one of their first projects was in Atlanta, Georgia where they partnered with an African-American um, woman who was a general contractor and African-American woman who was an interior designer and um, the uh, architect was African-American as well. And they gave them all the contracts during COVID that allowed them to open up not one, but three um, JP Morgan Chases during COVID. So instead of people going out of business, they created a program to generate that money. So, um, and, and keep people busy and working and give them opportunities uh, in sectors that they may not have had uh, an opportunity in before. Uh, so they do try to go along with the changes as things happen as well. But uh, I did actually start reading that book and it is a long read. Um, I wish I could find it on Audible because I probably would be a far, a far long than I am, but I'm learning so much as I read it in my notes. Um, that I have, I have a separate journal just for the notes for that book because it's a lot of gems that's being dropped. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I got it on Audible. I like to listen to my books on Audible and just write along. And, and, uh, and then, um, you know, naturally I travel less. So I like to listen to them. I'm on a plane and I love plane rides. Uh, that's so, that's so, uh, it's just so wonderful because I can really get my study on, on the plane unimpeded. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so very good. Yeah, I, and another place that I like to read is on a boat, on a boat. So if you get a chance to read on the ocean, I think that's one of the best things God could have created. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's that war. So, yeah. Just, you know, you know uh, I have some friends who uh, used to be a real, made a lot of money in network marketing, and they, uh, they went out to, I forget what, I forget what ocean they were at, but they went out so far in the water until they got so far into the water had had actually congealed on both sides of them mm. and they were in the middle of the ocean sitting on dry land i said y'all better watch out no no it's the red sea story which i'm talking about that out there in the middle ocean with the water congealed around and uh drank a little champagne before they got back on the boat house and then wow that's a story to tell that's the story to tell. Okay, so I have another question for you. What exactly is the Financial IQ Challenge? Okay, so once a month what we do is that uh, people come so I can break down to them over a five-day period how you get uh, these tax credits. Uh, for example, when I'm down there with you all, and uh, I bring the kids down there, we spend $10,000 at Disney or whatever. Well, that cost me ten thousand dollars because I get tax credits, and the IRS. What they do is, is every company that I spend money with, the IRS gives me a credit for every single dollar that I spend. They give me ten dollars back, so then they charge me uh, about thirty-seven percent of that. So that means I'm still getting about sixty percent of the money that uh, I'm getting about a six times return on all the money I spend. Again, my company we charge a little money for that too. So for that person, we show them how they come through our challenge. And be able to get back 
four times everything that they spend. So he goes to the, you know, he goes to the gas station that costs you a hundred dollars. No, it didn't pay you four hundred. You go to eat dinner like you and I, and I tended to have dinner beforehand to abruptly leave. Right. Uh, because mama, when I was down there, and uh, so the dinner would have come. It was a nice place to say it would have been a hundred dollars. No, it would have been. I was just saying it was two hundred dollars. It would have really been eight hundred dollars that would have paid us because that's the way tax credits work. So people don't understand tax credits. That's the way the wealthy. That's the way one percentile live. We get tax credits for everything that we do, and, uh, and you know, fear maybe one percent of the whole country even understands what a tax credit is. Ever had a class on it, anything like that? So I spent a week teaching everybody the breakdown of um, how we actually do that and how that um, how that you can operate with the money that you earn inside of a, a tax-free trust too. So I teach them about how to. Uh, get this money back and I teach them how to keep the money to actually make but instead of rushing you know Proverbs 21 and 5 is our culture and Proverbs 21 and 5 says that the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness but to everyone that is hasty only to want so our culture is that um, we really help people and we're not in a hurry so we don't so we don't uh, talk and people call me all the time Ricky saying where you can have an appointment with me. I said, no, you can come do the challenge. I don't care how much money you got, millionaires, it doesn't matter. And they said, Rick, but I'm, I said, if you're too busy, don't worry about it, brother. I'm busy, too. You know, you're no busier than I am. I said, so you couldn't learn what I want to teach you in an hour because you can't learn it. Right. But if you come do the challenge, then you can take your time, and then you can have a very, then you have nobody in the week, but it's something that you like to do and not do. And that way we both um, treated each other with the utmost of care, which is how I believe in treating people, if that makes sense. That does, that does. And that goes into my next question. Um, you have the uh, tax-free trust. What exactly does that mean for people who don't understand what trust is and what a tax-free trust is? Okay, so tax-free means exactly that. The average way that people, let's talk about like buying some real estate, for example. Okay. So the average person. You go out and you buy a property and you sell it. You pay a hundred thousand dollars. Say you spend another hundred thousand dollars to fix it. So you have two hundred thousand in it, and then let's say that you sold it for three hundred thousand. So you got a hundred thousand dollars that you earned. So the average person is going to pay about thirty percent of that in taxes because you got to pay a capital gains tax. But when you buy a property out of my trust and you spent a hundred thousand dollars to buy it. Um, first of all, you're going to get a credit of $300 just for spending the money. And then you spend another $100,000 on fixing it, but you're going to get another $300,000 worth of credit, uh, or, or three to $400,000 worth of credit for that. And then the money that you made, the $100,000 that you made, is tax free. You know, pay any taxes on that whatsoever. We operate out of ministry trusts. So ministry trusts are tax free. And the code that makes it tax free is IRC code 6033A. Most people have never heard of that code because they only deal with the smaller codes. They're not even familiar with the codes that are 500 and above, with the exception of the 5013C. And we don't operate out of that because that's a state appointed um, tax exempt program, meaning that, you, that the state is in control of that. The state is not in control of anything that we do because everything that we do is common law, not statutory law. So it's a, a tax free trust, no taxes whatsoever. Not deferred, not later, not like a 1031 exchange. You get a 1031 exchange, for example, you buy a property until you got 45 days. When you sell your property until you got 40 days, identify another property. The IRS tells you this. And they say, if you don't identify it within 45 days, then we're going to tax that money you just made. And then you got 180 days to make sure that you actually close your deal, or we still going to tax that money. Even if you just, even if you, even if you finish on the 180 first day, 
these are state-owned programs, which means that they are statutory. Statutory means that you're under the thumb of the state. The state tells you what to do. So you have to jump through hoops and run around walls. And that's the way 99% of the public uh, does business. And that's why their money is limited. That's why we call them limited liability companies, because you can't rise above the state. But we have no limits to what we do. Because um, what I teach people is common law. And that's why you need a week. Because 10 times out of 10, you have to be Okay, so question for you. When is the next week challenge going to start? Okay, so next one starts, um, let me see, at the end, of, we always do the first week of um, the month. So what, if it's the, I think the first day is the second, I think May the second, is that Monday? I'm pretty sure it's right. May, May April or May? May the second, because we're done. We're, we're, we're in the middle of the current one, so we have uh, two more days, but naturally a person can't join this one because it's so much over, right? So the following, the next one's coming up May the uh, second, yeah, second, yeah, second. So that's that Monday through the through the Friday, but it's May second to the fifth, isn't So you guys make sure you go follow Mr. Rick, the wealth coach. He saved in my phone as the money man. <laughs> <laughs> I have, Mr. Rick, I have you saved as Rick the Money Man. Yes, I do. But he is also known. But he can't buy him love, but it will. Look, his singing might buy get him a good down payment, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, guys. You are so amazing. I appreciate you so much taking the time out of your day to join us in Business is Good. Uh, we will have the replay available um, on the live live as well. And we will also have it on our iTunes and Spotify as well. So I appreciate every last one of you joining us today. Thank you for dealing with us and our technical difficulties today. Um, but that is a part of business. You know, it happens and we get through it. We rise above. Nothing can stop us. If you would, Mr. Rick, would you tell them how to find you one more time? Uh, the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. I'm Rick the Wealth Coach. And uh, I return all of my uh, Instagram messages. So that's the easiest way to find me. Rick the Wealth Coach. And listen, every morning, is it at 8 a.m.? Uh, typically, typically uh, at 9 a.m., sometimes I'm meeting. So 9 a.m. or 10 uh, a.m. Eastern. I'm live typically every morning. Every morning, you can learn something new and hear a sweet song from Mr. Rick. Make sure you add him in your favorites and favorite notifications because I don't want you to miss him. If you're looking for his book, it's called Control Everything and Own Nothing. You can DM him to get a copy of that book as well. And the next Financial IQ Challenge will start on May the 2nd. You don't want to miss it. I want to thank you again, Mr. Rick, for joining us. And I will see you guys speak to you guys and talk to everyone next Thursday. Have an amazing week. Thank you. Business is good. The podcast dedicated to helping listeners reach their highest potential by talking about all things business, money, and life. Host Chantel Williams, a 20-year entrepreneur, speaker, and rising authority on business finances through her accounting and development company, The Firm. This podcast for entrepreneurs, freelancers, and side hustlers, whether you're wanting to quit your day job or you want to be a boss or you've been a boss for a while. 
Tune in every Thursday, 2 p.m. for Financial Success on Business Is Good. Produced by The Light.Live. Women's History Month. March is Women's History Month, an opportunity to remind ourselves of the accomplishments of women throughout the years. From science to politics, we reflect on the trailblazing women who led the way for change. Nia Mae McKinney. Nia Mae McKinney was born in 1913 in Lancaster, South Carolina. 